Hello, homeschool friends, and welcome to this episode of the Homeschool High School Podcast from SevenSistersHomeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. I'm Sabrina, and I'm talking today with Vicki. And we're going to be very dramatic in yes. today's podcast. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> because drama has a place in life, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not the kind of drama that most of us experience far too much of in our <laughs> lives. <laughs> Like we had a little bit of uh, digital drama trying to get the podcast started this morning. <laughs> because yeah. I'm a digital immigrant, so it gets quite dramatic trying to hit the right buttons. So mm-hmm. I was digital immigrant friends, not digital idiot. I just want to clarify <laughs> in case anyone thinks that Vicky's being ridiculously hard on herself. But yeah, you know, we got too much drama in our mm-hmm. lives when it comes to the save the drama for your mama kind of kind of stuff. But Ah, the good kind of drama? Mm-hmm. Well, that's entirely different. Mm-hmm. And there is, there is a good kind of drama and there's um, a lot of value in introducing our teens to the good kind of drama. Yeah, yeah. I know for my youngest three, they, they came along about the time you started your drama camps and those experiences were so formative for them. You know, in not just learning how to be an actor and read a script and understand what a play does, but actually in their trying on hats and personalities and confidence and that, that, yeah, more, more than I can put words on. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. A lot of us have never, I say us, and of course I'm not talking about myself because I'm the drama queen and drama (laughs) geek and all that stuff, but a lot of people, Mm -hmm. because they are not interested in the performing arts, they never dabble in drama. But there's actually a huge amount of personal exploration, self-awareness, finding of strengths that you didn't realize you had, and such that come from essentially pretending Mm -hmm. to be something that you're not. Mm -hmm. And we, it's interesting because we so affirm the value of pretend play, imagination play in children. We love when our three-year-olds start really, really pretending. Yeah. Um, and we see them, you know, being a doctor and my, <laughs> I have a granddaughter now. Wow. It's been a while, but I have a granddaughter who loves to use her doctor kit and she loves to check my blood pressure. And she always tells me that it's 69. That's good. Oh, so, I never thought that 69 was a good blood pressure, <laughs> you know, so we love it when the little ones try on different hats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we think that that stops. Once we get to about middle school, something like that, that then it's kind of silly if you're still playing pretend games. Um, but no, there's there's a lot of power in it. Yeah. And that's why I started doing drama camps with kids because they're not, um, a drama camp is not the same thing as a community theater production of, mm-hmm. you know, a published play. And I did some of that too. I directed, you know, we had a wonderful production of Our Town that- yes. You know, youngest was in and he was so adorable in his bow tie um but drama camp is is different it's different yeah and and, yeah that's a good point is drama camp isn't about developing young professionals it's a whole it's a drama camp experience is what it is right right so part of it starts with the fact that it's not auditioned Mm. and um even even a lot of of co-op productions or whatever within a homeschool community, you still would have pretty traditional 
auditions. Mm -hmm. And in drama camp, it was a matter of matching up people to parts that seemed to be a good fit for them Mm -hmm. because we had a very quick turnaround time. So I guess I should give the basic framework of what do I mean when I say a drama camp? Yes. Yes. I should start with that. Okay. So for, for us in our local community, a homeschool drama camp meant that in the summer for, well, in the early years, it was one week. And then we expanded it to two weeks because Mm -hmm. the kids demanded it. Yes. Uh, (laughs) But for this short period of time, one or two weeks, we would meet Monday through Friday from eight, nine in the morning, something like that until three or four in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. And we would create an original production and it would uh, open, we would open the doors for the performances on Friday and Saturday night. So in the early years, that was just one week. That was five days of practicing and they had never seen the script before they showed up on the first day. Mm -hmm. So it was a very tight turnaround Mm -hmm. and um, we needed to find uh, a good fit where students could be encouraged to bloom, to give themselves permission to lean in to something that was a stretch for them, but not an incredibly painful, you're going to put yourself out there and you're going to have to work your very best and it's going to be, so yeah. So every kid who signs up is going to have a part. There is no place for um, human scenery. Because mm-hmm. if you're going to do this, you need to you need to be pretending. That's part mm-hmm. of what's wonderful about it, right? So every kid had um, spoken lines. The kids who said, "I don't want to have to speak much," mm-hmm. they got a couple of spoken lines, yeah. and that was okay because for them that was a stretch. That was leaning into something that was difficult and taking mm-hmm. some risks, but not scarring them for life. Right. Yeah. Um, and then for other kids. Wow, they were just, you know, that that big presence in the room and very little um, self-conscious fear and that sort of thing. And so we we had we had big parts. We had people who memorized big long sections of of dialogue and monologues and um, pushed themselves really hard. But it was an area that they were already fairly strong in. So that was part of it was to to get a bead on the kids, yeah, and then to let the production grow out of who we had in the room. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's one thing. It was sort of a, what's the term? Asset-based community development, right? Oh my goodness. <laughs> asset, there we go. Drama <laughs> camp was asset-based. We first looked at who we had and then we developed the production out of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the script was always being significantly altered over the course of the week. You know, we were making it, we were making it fit, making it work. Which is, wow. is okay to do. Like scripts are not, they're, they're, they're living documents. That's they're being right. adopted to the asset-based community needs. So, <laughs> <laughs> And you know what? A great life skill to mm. teach kids that they can tweak the script mm. in life as they go along. It's kind of like what changing your major is about in college, right? Mm-hmm. You're not just quitting and giving up and running off to live as a nomad um, in a field somewhere in Nebraska. You're staying mm-hmm. in college, but you're saying, yeah, this thing that I that I clicked on when I was setting up to start my <laughs> rest of my life here, you know, actually not a great fit for me. Now that I'm here, I'm going to make mm-hmm. some adjustments. So yeah. yeah, it's great life skill. Great life skill. So the way we actually <clears throat> structured the week is um, 
I would write an original script, which I know that some of you who maybe are listening to this thinking, oh, it would be cool to have a drama camp in our community. And then you're going to hear, oh, I have to be able to write an original script for these kids. Uh, never mind. That's a little more than I'm ready. You don't have to. I just loved to write scripts. So that was just fun for me. All right. So rabbit trail a minute. Go Is there it. any way that people can get hold of any of the scripts that you wrote? That's such a funny thought. Yeah. You know, actually there's a website, sevensistershomeschool.com that has a category for speech and drama. And there are a couple of full drama camp scripts there already. One is called A Weekend in Calcutta. That is one of one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, and one is called The Search for the Solution. Mm-hmm. Also a lot of fun. In fact, we've got one twice, about 10 years apart mm-hmm. with two different groups of kids. Um And I have a whole file drawer full of others that I haven't quite brought into the, like, let's make them look pretty and publish them on the website. But if anybody's ever interested, you can shoot me an email, Sabrina at sevensistershomeschool.com. And I will be more than happy to, um, yeah, to share with you things that might be helpful to your group. One one group that was doing a drama camp uh, wanted to do Little Women and- Mm -hmm contacted mm-hmm. you. And I think you actually have that one on the site too, right? That's right. I wasn't even thinking about that, but yeah, mm-hmm. I created a custom script for them based on the number of kids that they had and the genders that they had. And we did, instead of trying to do the whole story, mm-hmm. we did selected scenes from the book mm-hmm. and um, we focused on the relationship among the four sisters and we called it little women, the strength of sisters. Mm-hmm. And it was a one act and it was absolutely adorable. And I got to drive um, seven sister. Kim went with me mm-hmm. and we drove several hours into Pennsylvania to the town where this community group was. And we saw their performance and, Oh, it was just lovely. It was so, it was so much fun to see another group doing that same kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah, so we would start with the script and we would have a read through on the first day where we would just sit around in a circle on the floor because that puts everybody on the same level to begin with, right? You're all just sitting on the floor. Mm-hmm. We would literally read around the circle. So whatever line came next, if you were next in the circle, you just read it. It didn't matter if you were the right gender for that part or the right age for that part or remotely interested in playing that part, you just read it. Mm-hmm. And if you really had a fear, of reading aloud in public, you just said pass. Mm. And it went on to the next person because the goal was not to stress anybody out. It was just to listen to the story for the first time. Mm -hmm. So we read around the circle and then everybody thinks about over lunch, they think about what parts might be interesting to them. Mm. And um, we would, you know, play lots of games and that sort of thing to get to know one another and to try to let people's nervousness die down a bit, you know, first day, whatever. Um, And then after that, we would have very informal auditions and there would just be something to read from everybody would have marked their script. If you're going to read for the character of whatever, like, okay, so one of the plays that we did is called Shelf Life. And that one's actually up on YouTube. You can find Um, that one if you go to, um, I guess it's, I don't know if it's on Seven Sisters. I think it's just on my personal Sabrina Justice and YouTube channel. Yeah, we'll put a link in the show notes. There we go. See, you're you're digitally very savvy. I, I didn't think of that here and there. That was good. That was very good. Um, so we had characters from different. 
famous books. And so it was okay. Well, if you want to read for the character of mouse from, if you give a mouse a cookie, then here, here's the paragraph that you're going to read. And if you want to read for um, Francie Nolan from a tree grows in Brooklyn, you know, then here's, here's her little thing. And so everybody would know they would have their script marked up. They could think about it, but there was no like go home and get prepared for your Mm -hmm. audition. You know, Mm -hmm. it was very low key because we said, we just want to tell a really cool story to our audience. Yeah. Um, so that that was that was a lot of the basic framework. As we said, this is about us coming together as a team, linking arms, mm-hmm. supporting one another, in an attempt to share a wonderful story with our audience. Something that's going to um, enrich their lives, and they'll be glad they came out to see us. Yeah. And then we would rehearse every day after that, and. Um, yeah. Simple costumes, no sets, no sets, just yeah, simple. Tell the story. Yeah. One of the things that was so valuable to my kids um, was that you would wrap days up. I don't know whether you did it every day, but they would say an affirmation, like write an affirmation to mm-hmm. their peers. Yes. Um, every so- day. Mm-hmm. We called it mail. We said you were writing, you were writing mail. And uh, I would have huge stacks of scrap paper cut into quarters before drama camp would start each year. Mm-hmm. And we would just recycle old, you know, paper on the backs. And you just wrote little personal notes of encouragement to the other people in the cast. Mm-hmm. And um, some days you would only write two or three. And some of the kids every day would write a note to every kid in the <laughs> cast because it became like their calling, you know. Yeah. And it was very, very much encouraged that you make it specific. So something that you saw that person do that day that you wanted to tell them, I noticed that. And that Mm -hmm. was really cool. You know, you finally got that one line that had like the tongue twister in it that you've been so frustrated about. You nailed it three times in a row today. Good for you. You're awesome. You know, something specific. Mm -hmm. And then I would take all of the mail home with me at night and read through all of it just to make sure that nobody was you know, sometimes teenagers make a joke that's not yeah. funny. It's actually right. a little edgy and, yeah. you know, obnoxious, whatever. So, you know, I just make sure, I don't think I've ever had to throw out more than about two notes over the course of 15 mm-hmm. years of drama camps, but, and then put them in little envelopes with each kid's name on it. And in the morning when they get there, they go and pick up their envelope. And the first thing they do before we get started for the day is they just read their mail. Mm-hmm. So they're ending each day by pouring into each other's lives with encouragement and they're beginning each day getting filled up by the encouragement of their mm-hmm. peers. Mm-hmm. So that's a really, really nice tone. I think probably a lot of corporate America might be a nicer place if they did the same thing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, yeah, the, the, the social skill of looking for the good in mm-hmm. others is so powerful. And it's good for the writer of the mail and it is good for the receiver of the mail. Yeah. So that's like, that was, that was so important when my kids would talk about drama camp was, was the mail. And that, you know, that wasn't specifically about the play, but what it did is it gave kids confidence that yes. they could do things, which did help the play. Yes. So it's there, there's, there wasn't ever anything that was wasted or lost. And that it was just so good. And I, I, I know the days, like hours, y'all would spend what, eight hours a day? Um, nine to, nine to four. Yeah, nine to four. Yeah. And, and so they brought their lunches and, and then on uh, dress rehearsal days, 
you know, have pizza for him. I think. I mean, it was <laughs> yeah, long, yeah. long. On the last day, oh my goodness, yeah. Um, on the Friday when we were going to have our first performance, they would come at nine in the morning, mm-hmm. and they would bring their lunches, but they would also bring a pillow and a little throw blanket, some some kind of mm-hmm. little cozy thing, because we would have nap time. Yeah, so mm-hmm. we'd get to about about three thirty in the afternoon, and we would call it after that was the last full rehearsal, and then. We would put kids all over the building in little little spots where they could stretch out on the floor or on a couch or on a couple of chairs or whatever. And even if they didn't want to, it's amazing how many of them fell asleep because mm-hmm. it's a really tiring week. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but even for the ones who didn't fall asleep, you just are someplace quiet and still. Mm-hmm. You're not talking to anybody. You're resting mm-hmm. because you, you need that. And even that, it sounds so silly, but I have had kids come back to me 10 years later and say... What I learned from drama camp is that it's important to take a nap sometimes. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? That's a good life skill. Yeah, it's it, to, to stop and be quiet for a few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. And another life skill that they got from it, not kidding, was to reapply. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So, yeah, we most years that we had drama camp, it was in a um, church that that had converted warehouse space. Mm -hmm. So technically speaking, we had working HVAC system, but metal warehouse in August in the part of the country that we were in, that air conditioner was doing all it could to keep up with all those bodies. But, you know, we were singing and dancing and and climbing stuff and whatever else. So it was a lot of activity Mm -hmm. and a room full of teenagers after a couple of hours of that. It's it starts to get very pungent. pungent. Yes, mm-hmm. pungent. Yeah. And um, some teens and tweens are more aware of personal hygiene issues than others. That's part of the developmental process that yeah. happens at different points in time for different kids. So some of them would not be aware that mm-hmm. it was get, getting a little, little stinky in there. Mm-hmm. So we just decided we're going to normalize it. And um, oh my goodness, Seven Sister Kim was my assistant director for many years. Mm -hmm. And uh, she and I came up with a strategy and we just bought little travel size deodorants and we labeled them with the kids' names and we kept them in a big basket. And um, about two, three hours into the morning after it was starting to to get close to where we're going to have trouble, you know, (laughs) we just take the basket up to the front of the room, stop the rehearsal and say, reapply. (laughs) And everybody (laughs) came and got their little label deodorant, (laughs) reapplied a little deodorant, made the afternoon rehearsals so much better. But part of what was so neat is I think it really helped some of our kids who were very bothered by the kids who were a little less mature a little mm-hmm. bit less aware maybe mm-hmm. of some of those issues where they were tempted to just want to avoid them, mm-hmm. to just be offended or insulted or um, prideful, you know, looking down, whatever. But in, instead it kind of put everybody again yeah. on, a, on a level playing field and said, it's mm-hmm. okay. You know what? People sweat and sometimes mm-hmm. sweat stinks. Yeah. And we can all just remind each other that we've got to stand close to each other. So let's try not to make that any more unpleasant than it has to be, right? Yeah. Um, dumb little things that that actually make a difference in yeah. people's lives. Yeah. And then sometimes at the end, I know at least with my number four kid, he had had appendicitis right before the oh. production. 
and you would occasionally give an award to, to kids. So he, yeah. I, and I will never forget this because he was really sick with the appendicitis. Oh, he like, he was. Really sick. And oh. so he got the award for the cast member with the fewest body parts. Yeah. And I, I just look at my brain. Forgotten that. Yeah. But it, it, you know, it turned a, a hard thing for him into something to, to laugh about. And uh, that's, and it warmed a mom's heart. So that, uh, oh that has stuck with me all those years. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, that's part of what is, is great about drama camp is, um, letting the kids be people first mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and nurturing relationships amongst people mm -hmm. and valuing that more highly than these are cast members and these are characters and we are fostering production value, mm -hmm. you know, it's not the production value doesn't matter. It does. And I don't know that we ever had a drama camp. Well, okay. Take that back. There were a couple of years where the clothes, I was like, wow, that one didn't work out quite the way I thought it was going to script wise. The story just wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, you know, but I don't think there was ever a time that the audience was sitting there going, oh, please, I can't believe I'm watching this. Oh, no, it was always every year. It was fun. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah. We always tried to focus on something that was going to have not a moral. Mm -hmm. These were not um, um, morality plays. They were not uh, youth group skits that mm -hmm. were there to illustrate some principle, you know, mm -hmm. but they were formed by a theme that I hoped was going to be uh, life affirming and character developing. And I would frequently pull a real life character in and use it somehow. So we had one year where we were dealing with um, uh, Corey Ten Boom from The Hiding Place. Mm -hmm. We had another year where we were dealing with Mother Teresa of Calcutta, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, and not always and not necessarily big, heavy, intense the whole time. We tried to mix it up and have fun, too. But to, to put people and characters in front of teens, people and characters that they not only learn about, but now they're getting to either pretend to be or yeah. pretend to interact with. Yeah. You know, we only had two characters who actually play, uh, two actors who actually played Mother Teresa. We had one who played the younger version of mm -hmm. her in Act One and one who played the older in Act Two. But all of those other kids, they all interacted with Mother Teresa of Calcutta. Now, take a moment and read some articles online of people who, at one point or another in time, went and spent a few days alongside Mother Teresa of Calcutta and see whether that interaction with her had an impact on their lives, yeah. you know? And so in that pretend realm, as silly as that sounds, it's not silly at all. It has yeah. an impact on you. Yeah, my my that same appendicitis kid, um, you know, as, as he was going through college and is now a teacher, he said one of the best things he got out of those drama experiences was to, to learn a deeper level of perspective taking and trying on hats himself. Like mm -hmm. what in this character's personality is something worth thinking about? And yeah. uh, it really was uh, very formative uh, for all the kids, but I remember him articulating that so, so often. So he uses that in, in his life. And especially in college, he would do a lot of his projects by video production with okay. acting and all that. So he mm -hmm. you know, had a deeper level of, you know, showing what he was learning. So, mm -hmm. so drama camp was just so like, none of them grew up to be actors. That wasn't right. the point. Right. We didn't send anybody. Yeah. 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 The point, the point was that experience and the growth and the, the, just the formation in those kids. So, mm -hmm. so Sabrina, 
let's do a shameless plug. Go do for we it. have anything to offer to help moms who want to do a drama camp? We have a piece of uh, curriculum at sevensistershomeschool.com in the speech and drama category that's called how to direct a homeschool drama camp. Imagine that. Imagine that. And it has a written component and a video component. Um, and you get to see as a part of the you know talking head instruction on the video, you also have interspersed all sorts of footage from one year of um, rehearsals and production at a drama camp. And actually the appendicitis kid was one of the um, video producers for that project. He, along with one of my sons did all of that. I remember appendicitis kid had really sore shoulders because he was holding the boom mic for many hours across his shoulders and that thing gets heavy and uncomfortable. But anyway, it was neat to see they were a little bit older then. They had younger siblings who were still in drama camp and it was, that was lovely too, to see that drama camp had meant enough to them that they were willing to put this time into helping us create a how-to resource yes. for others. Yes. So it's, um, I think it's $34.99, something like that. It's a ton of information. It is yeah. practical mm-hmm. and it's coming out of real life. This is not some cool idea that somebody had. Hey, I think that people could do this in mm-hmm. their homeschool co-op or mm-hmm. whatever. You know, I, I did this. I did this for... 17 years, I think, yeah. mm-hmm. with maybe a year or two off here and there, but pretty much every summer. We had kids who came to uh, call this the week when life has meaning. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> that is what they called it. Yes. Yeah. It was also the hungriest week. It was the hungriest week of the year, yeah. too. They would pack <laughs> lunches that got bigger and bigger. They're like, I'm so hungry when I'm here. <laughs> I'm working so hard. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. You, can, you can do this. And for anyone who thinks that they would like to try this, but golly, they're just not sure because it sounds like a lot. Please email me. I have had some lovely email conversations with with people who were, with moms, who were trying to decide um, if if they felt brave enough to take it on and who wanted to ask specific questions. And I am quite available for that. Sabrina at sevensistershomeschool.com if you want to talk about drama camps. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you. All right. So I think that's all the drama we have time for in this episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And we will put a link to shelf life. And I have to say shelf life is one that I'm really proud of because it, um, we brought familiar characters all into the same space. So it's a library where characters from the books come to life and have to solve a problem together. And you have everything from, Classic literature, we had Jean Valjean from Les Miserables right alongside Winnie the Pooh. And it was it was a lot of fun. And the kids loved that one. I think they loved the script for that one more than they loved the script for some of the other ones, you know? My, my so, youngest was in that one. And I remember how much fun he was having with that whole process. Yeah, it, it was it was fabulous. So yeah, so if you're looking to see what could really be accomplished in two weeks with a group of kids, who just jump into this on the first day uh, and and run with it, then yeah, check it out, Shelf Life. So yeah, that one's not even available in the store, but it could be, if you wanted it to be, we could make that happen. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't be afraid of it. It's it's worth it. And it's not just, um, it's not just fine arts. It's not just electives. It's not just extra extracurriculars. It is life skills. It's character building. It's relationship and social skill practice. And it's actually things that your kids will use the rest of their lives. 
And it adds sparkle to the transcript. It does indeed. And sparkle is always a good idea. So thank you for letting us inject a little sparkle and drama into your day as you've listened to this episode. And we hope that you will join us in the future for more episodes of the Homeschool High School Podcast from Seven Sisters Homeschool.com and brought to you by the Ultimate Homeschool Podcast Network. <laughs>